Well, you know how these things always start with like a cold open where Tyler and Adam say some funny stuff and then the music happens and then there's like the podcast intro. I think so. So they just say something random. Yeah, like not about the podcast, right? Can you hear me? Hello and welcome to a special edition of Ask Adverb. The business boys are away. Well, one of them is a bit busy being a new dad. Congratulations, Tyler. So you are stuck with us. I am Erica Stark, a digital content manager here at Adverb, and I am joining you from Squamish, BC. And I'm Jackie McDonald, and I'm also a digital content manager here at Adverb, and I'm actually based here right in Edmonton. And today I'm going to throw out the rest of the intro script that Jackie and I prepared just to make things fun and ask Jackie a question. Are you good at your job? <laughs> Impossible question to answer as someone who struggles with imposter syndrome. <laughs> so we both know that imposter syndrome is a very real thing um, and it's something that both Jackie and I contend with on a regular basis. And we know that we're not the only ones. According to a study from KPMG, 75% of executive women in the US reported having personally experienced imposter syndrome, which is pretty crazy, but also nice to know that we're not alone. Totally, we are not alone. It's comforting and also not at the same time. <laughs> but what is imposter syndrome? Let's kind of define it for people. Uh, imposter syndrome is a concept that was actually coined by clinical psychologists Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes <laughs> in 1978. And it's like, so it's been around for a while, uh, formally, um, but it's loosely defined as doubting your abilities and really feeling like a fraud. Uh, and apparently it disproportionately affects high achieving people who actually find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Um, many of them question whether they're deserving of the accolades they received. But I figure that must mean we're high achievers, Erica, if we suffer from this. Who yeah, knows? let's go with that. I think we're both definitely um, motivated and driven people, both career-wise and, and outside of our, our day jobs. So it's definitely something that I know I've experienced for a long time, just this feeling of wondering when everybody's going to figure out that it's all a ruse, you know, that I've just been lying my entire uh, professional career. And, you know, one day someone's going to be like, no, Erica, actually, I figured it out. You <laughs> don't have any idea what you're doing. Why are you here? But nobody's figured that out yet. Um, which means that, you know, maybe as we like to say at Adverb, uh, we maybe I might be good at this. <laughs> Just maybe. <laughs> um, Jackie, I'm curious how imposter syndrome has impacted you and your career so far. I, I actually think it's impacted me quite a bit. I mean, it's, I've been really lucky to have certain people in my career that have noticed um, the work that I do and have almost seen something in myself that I wasn't able to see and um, help create some opportunities for me to work at amazing places. But I think it did hold me back from probably doing an even better job 
at the in the positions that I was in because uh, I had this fear inside of me that I couldn't do it or that I wasn't sure how I got the position to begin with. And so I think there was fear in doing a lot of the work that I was doing and that was holding me back from really living my full potential. And also I think it held me back from maybe pursuing some other opportunities on my own that I really would have been qualified for, but never felt that internally. Um, so I didn't actually reach out and apply for those jobs. Cause even just thinking about the interview, sometimes I was like, they'll know, or why would you <laughs> ask me to come in, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. I totally can empathize with the, um, feeling of of not wanting to even apply for a job you know I know I've looked at applications in the past and, and gone through you know the list of qualifications and maybe I'll meet eight out of ten and and I'll be like oh well there's there's no way that they'd even consider me for this position because I don't meet every single qualification um, so it can definitely yeah hold you back I think you know from exploring career opportunities but also I think it can really impact the day-to-day -day work that you do and the approach that you take to work when you kind of have this pervasive sense of of self-doubt even in the face of people whether it's clients or colleagues or supervisors or mentors telling you that like hey no you're actually good at this mm -hmm. um, it can still be a really tough feeling to to shake sometimes Totally. I think it's really interesting because when you're talking about, you know, you almost feel like you need to have all of the qualifications to apply for a job or like meet every single characteristic. And I know this isn't like black and white where like men and women are approach these things very differently. But I think there have been studies that have shown that typically men on average will apply for a position even if they're not don't have all those qualifications and women are much less likely to do that. Um and I think that's also just like the way that some of us were raised. Like, I think the conversations that a lot of people have um, as you're a kid, like they're the conversations are different when they're talking to a girl or a boy. And it's just like the way that our society is kind of like positioned us for the roles that we're going to step into as we get older. And I think that's something that has kind of stuck with me my whole life, too, is just like what people how people talk to you when you're young at a young age really impacts like what you see yourself being able to do later on. I think it's like, we're so nice to see so many more role models in like amazing roles that are like making it, I don't know, make it feel like we can do that too. Um, but I think that's something that was also uh, an impact on me at a younger age. And I think it, we're not alone in that either. Yeah, absolutely. I think having that mentorship, um, and also that external validation. I mean, when we were talking about what we wanted to talk on this podcast, talk about on this podcast, I know you and I had chatted about the idea of external validation and it, there's this balance, I think, to strike between, you know, inherently knowing, hey, I'm good at my job and I'm good at what I do. Um, but you also do need to hear that from other people. There is a lot of um, confidence that can come from being built up by other people. Um, you know, not just, hey, you're amazing at everything, uh, but getting that consistent feedback, you know, from your leaders or from mentors about what you're doing well, as well as what you can improve. And then of course, you know, a little bit more of a specific example, if we never heard anything back from our clients about 
how we're doing, well, we would have no, we wouldn't have jobs. Um, <laughs> we, we need that validation and that feedback to know what we're doing right, what we need to improve, what we need to change. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I think about a lot at Adverb is kind of some of the work that I think we've all done, maybe not intentionally, but I think we all sort of struggle with this idea that like someday someone's going to figure out that none of us actually know what we're doing. Um, I hope I'm allowed to, to spill that, that company secret on the air here. Um, but I feel as though we've put in some, you know, some kind of systems informal and formal that really help us all to remember that, Hey, you know, we, we're doing this work for a reason and people are working with us for, for a reason. And one of the ones that comes to mind uh, for me is, is kind of just a joke that we, I don't even know where it started, but whenever one of us shares some, you know, great feedback that we got from a client or we've written something we've really proud of, we're really proud of somebody will always ask the question like, Hey, Jackie, is it, you know, like, is it possible that, that you might be, you might be good at this? Um, and the answer is always no. We, we never have never yet actually told each other that we're good at what we do. Um, and it, to the outside observer, it, it might seem a little bit depressing. Um, but to me, it's like a really good reminder that we're all kind of in this together. We all have these, these doubts and these fears that we're not as good as we are. Um, that we're not delivering the kind of work that that maybe we think we should be or that maybe somebody could, else could be doing it better. Um, and I think there's a lot of power in acknowledging that, but also acknowledging it in more of an informal and somewhat hilarious way um, that like, hey, you know, we might have these doubts and we might not really be 100% confident about things all the time. Um, but we're still out there and we're still creating and we're still doing things. And, and I think that really matters. Well, I think it's funny because I think I'm answering that question wrong in our chats and I'm maybe the only one that's like, am I? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's like the only opportunity where I feel like, you know, if Tyler is saying that I want to like push back and answer probably in the way that he doesn't want <laughs> us to answer. But it's almost like, I think he's creating that, they're creating that opportunity for us to like, playfully have to admit that maybe we are good at this and and I think it's like I don't know it's a fun way to feel a little bit comfortable about saying that the one thing I do want to highlight though is like we have this running joke that we use which is super fun but there is this really amazing part of the adverb culture where we are shouting each other out Mm -hmm. and really acknowledging the good work that we're doing like none of us are ones to come out and say hey look at this awesome thing that I did because that's not who we are. We're imposters <laughs> in our minds. But like Adam and Tyler and you and my, like all of us, I think actively recognize the great work that we're all doing and like actively highlight stuff that we're seeing from each other and really use our chats to, to call those out and celebrate each other, which is honestly huge. Even like not even the communal messages, but the private messages we send each other when we're doing peer review or other work, um, we really are like lifting each other up. And I, I have to say, I've never felt better about the work that I've been doing. Um, and I honestly see all of you as like 
such smart, talented people. So to be like recognized like that alongside you feels pretty amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think there's this element of kind of ownership that that allows us to take over the work that we do, you know, when we're hearing from other people like, hey, here's some great feedback you got from a client on this project, or I just read what you just wrote. And I think it's incredible. Um, You know, when you're hearing that feedback from your team, you can be like, yeah, you know what? Okay, it was. It was incredible. I feel really good about that. Um, And having the space to like, feel as though you can pump your own tires and also pump everybody else's tires, I think is really important. Um, I think we're all extremely humble people who are guided by this. In a lot of ways, I think it's a healthy fear um, that we're going to mess something up or we're not going to do our best work. Um, but it's important to take the time to, to celebrate the fact that like, Hey, actually, you know what we are, we are pretty good at what we do. Um, I'm curious what you think about kind of the impact of being, just being aware that imposter syndrome is a thing, like knowing that that's something that you actively are contending with, um, you know, they say the first step is admitting you have a problem. Um, how does that kind of impact maybe how you deal with, with these feelings of maybe a lack of confidence or uncertainty at times? Um, well, I think it's been like a progression for me. Like, obviously, like I still suffer with this sometimes, especially as you and I are stepping into like more leadership roles in the organization. We're like, facing new challenges and new opportunities and those present new fears <laughs> to deal with too but i think overall like this culture that we're a part of is so supportive that like it, it's already making me less afraid to do some of these things um and so i think that's helped a lot but it definitely wasn't the case earlier on in my career i think culture and the leaders that you work with um have a huge impact. And for me, that's helping. And I, I guess it's just like being more willing to embrace fear and and these new opportunities and just go for it. Because if I mm-hmm. kind of take a step back and look at all the stuff that I was afraid of, but did and like got positive feedback on, like there's a track record of these things working out and the fear kind of being like unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> so just to kind of step back and remind myself that like it's always... I've always done what I needed to do and nothing bad has really happened. <laughs> I don't know why I need to like keep working myself up about it. But one thing I actually wanted to circle back on and ask you about as well is like, what, how has imposter syndrome impacted you in your career? I feel like we kind of, well, I, yeah, I wanted to get your perspective on that too. Yeah. I think, you know, like I said before, it's definitely probably prevented me from applying for, roles um or or positions that appealed to me but that I maybe didn't feel I was 100% qualified for um but one of the things that I've noticed or that I've been really aware of recently is um how it and I feel like I'm getting better at this but how it is kind of it has almost made me like just instinctively take a back seat in certain situations where I maybe 
did or would have the opportunity to step up as more of a leader. Um, so I think a, a really great example is, is if previously, if I was say in a client meeting, but I was also in a client meeting with, um, with Tyler, who I work with kind of the most closely out of everybody at Adverb, um, I might suggest something to the client or I might say something, um, but I'd always kind of defer. Um, I wouldn't really own the ideas or the suggestions that I would want to bring to the table to this meeting. Um, I would kind of just be like, put it out there, um, but, I wasn't confident in it. Um, and one of the biggest learnings for me, um, especially since I've been at Adverb, has been that I have every right to be in that room and I have every right to share my expertise and my advice and my suggestions on what to do about a certain project or a certain piece of content. And I can just, it sounds so simple, but I can just say those things and give that advice and, and it's going to be good advice and people are hopefully probably going to listen to it, um, and find it beneficial. Um, but I definitely found that it can be difficult to take that ownership mm -hmm. if you're in a situation where there's somebody else that can also take that ownership. So shout out to Tyler um, for creating an environment, I think, with the work that we've done together, where I can't take a backseat. You know, he and I have chatted about this and, and I shared with him that, you know, some of the meetings that I've led when he hasn't been there have actually ended up being so much more successful from this standpoint, because I've kind of just had to throw myself off the deep end. Um, so that's where that kind of healthy fear, I think, comes into play of, you know, we need to have confidence in our abilities and the fact that, you know, we're, we were hired because we're good at what we do. Our clients work with us because we're all good at what we do. Um, but that fear, I think, can also push you forward. And it, it's definitely made me a better leader. It's made me better with my kind of client management skills. Um, and it's, it's really improved um, just the confidence I have in my abilities. I'm finding I'm not making, you know, qualifying statements like, I feel like we should do this. Or if you wanted to, we could do this. I can just own what it is that I want to say and what it is that I think we should do. Um, so, I mean, it still kind of feels surprising when I make a recommendation and then a client goes like, okay, sure. Yeah, let's do that. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, that was a big decision that just happened and you just trust me weird. Um, but at the same time, I think that a little bit of that fear is healthy. Like we don't want to be complacent, um, or take for granted, um, the stuff that we do know. Yeah, I agree. It's like, it's good to have confidence, but it's also good to, I think it's important to stay humble. And I think we have a lot, a lot of that, probably too much of that, but it does help because you're always, it makes you more open to what other people have to say. Like you, you don't just sit, think that your, your perspective is the final perspective. It's like, I think we're both always looking to hear from others and learn and grow 
from other perspectives. Um, Cause honestly, like collaboration is something that we do a lot at Adverb and it makes the work better. So I think having that space for other people to share their thoughts is really important, but it's also important to know that what we have to share is valuable as well. And people want to hear it. It's so funny that like in these, I, I experienced the same thing in a lot of like past meetings with leadership or people that were in our positions in me, I would definitely defer to them and kind of like let them answer the question first. And the only, when I, I started to realize that the questions I had in my head were the ones that they were saying in the meeting. And I should have just felt comfortable saying it first instead of waiting to hear what they had to say. I'm, I think there's still time and place to defer to other people. Absolutely. It was kind of a moment of realization for me that I had, like if I think that their thoughts are good and I had the same ones that that's like pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that comes back to the, the culture piece that I think we've done a really good job of, of fostering at adverb is I think we are able to create those spaces either just, you know, with meetings, just with, with our team, but also with clients where we I mean, at least I feel empowered to lead. I feel empowered to be a decision maker. The level of trust that Tyler and Adam have in you and I means that we're able to go out and do our jobs and make those decisions, make those calls without wondering, oh, was that the right thing to do? Or are they going to be mad or whatever? We're in these meetings, we're doing these things for the company because they trust us, because we've earned it, because we actually are, despite what we might think, good at what we do. And yeah. I think that's really special to know that we are, they, ha they, we have their full trust. Yeah. I think there's like so much power in having a leader that believes in you and that gives you that space to do what you are good at doing, like kind of clear the pathway and like just not get in your way and make sure that you know that you can do it and they totally believe in you and trust you. Like to your point, the level of trust here and their belief in us has like already made me feel so much more confident in the work that I'm doing and like leading work with different clients. Um, I actually, on that note, I kind of wanted to chat a bit about mentorship I know we touched on it mm -hmm. a little bit earlier but that's always something that I've felt is a huge like leg up if you have a great mentor in terms of building that confidence and identifying opportunities that you should take advantage of um, do you have any thoughts on mentorship and how it might help people with imposter syndrome yeah I think that a I'm really fortunate that um, my kind of greatest career mentor is now currently my supervisor in Tyler Butler, who's, as we said before, currently off on parental leave, but I know he'll, he'll listen to this later. So hi. Um, the, this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the external validation piece. I think that it's really important to remember that like, it's okay to need validation and to need reassurance you know in order to build your confidence in what you're doing you need to hear that you're doing a good job you also need to hear the areas for growth that you have um, I think a really great example that that I can kind of point to from my old life my own life 
I guess also my old life, because this was at a previous job um, when I was at ATB. One of the things that I really struggled with as I started taking on a little bit more kind of strategic work and was working on a bunch of different projects at the same time is um, figuring out how to prioritize all of the work that I was doing. It was an area that I knew that I struggled in, um, but I knew that if I could figure out how to prioritize all of the work that I was doing, that I could get all the work done and that I could do a good job. But I really needed help figuring out how to like create the space for all of it. And Tyler and I went to having weekly one-on-ones every Monday for like an hour. We would take a look at my list of the things that I had to do and we'd figure out, okay, this is a priority. This can wait. You should spend this much time on this. Talk to this person about that thing. And taking that time with him to take an aspect of my job that I was really struggling with and finding a way to make it work gave me so much more confidence. Um, it allowed me to learn how to manage that part of the job better than I had in the past, but I had the space to be like, Hey, I'm like, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know how to prioritize this stuff. I need help. And being able to have a resource that was willing to work with me on that rather than seeing it as like a professional failing, um, has, allowed that to actually become, I think, one of my greatest strengths now in the work that I do is I can organize and prioritize literally anything. Mm -hmm. um, but in order for that to become something that I was really confident with, I first needed to be not very good at it. And I needed a place to be supported through that growth. Um, so I feel as though yeah, that mentorship piece, you need space to hear that you're doing well, and you also need space to screw up. Mm -hmm. um, and I think both sides of the coin are equally as important. Yeah, I agree. I think mentorship and having the right leaders, like whether it's a leader that you have at work or a mentor outside of work, or like huge tools and opportunities that really help, especially people that struggle with imposter syndrome. Um, it wasn't until Lori Kello actually became my, uh, my leader at ATB that like her and I really focused on this, on building confidence. And it was the first time I actually started to feel like I, I should be there or I should be doing this job and that I had someone believing in me and really seeing the potential in me. Like, I'm sure there were people before then, but it, it was just communicated in a different way and in a way that I really felt, uh, I felt seen, I felt understood and I felt supported. And she was, honestly, it was like a turning point in my career. Um, I think it was also just part of the culture that we were involved in at ATB really helped me uh, feel that there was space to try and to fail and to be supported through those learning experiences. Um, yeah, so it's it's funny how certain people can really turn help turn things around or help accelerate uh, how you feel about yourself and the work that you're able to do. Pretty cool. Absolutely, and I think you know as we wrap up here, I think it's really important to remember that we're 
we're definitely not the only two people in the world uh, who are dealing with this. I was chatting with Adam about this yesterday and we were talking about this idea of, you know, imposter syndrome versus this kind of healthy fear that can, can drive us forward in more of a productive way. And, and he was saying that, you know, the folks in our industry who are the best at the work that we all do, like they're constantly afraid that they're going to screw up. They're constantly, we're always afraid that we're going to screw something up. But that fear gets overridden by curiosity, by a desire to create, by a passion for what we do. Um, and because we're constantly practicing our craft in a really public way, we're constantly doing things scared. <laughs> and I think the more you do things scared, I want to say the less scary it becomes. But I think you just get better at doing things scared. And when you have the right people around you, um, you know, to help you do it and to help you when you fall and to also tell you that, yeah, you are pretty good at this. Um, you know, you can keep on creating really incredible things. Yeah. And I think to that point, like there's a healthy, healthy level of fear where like maybe it's no longer as much imposter syndrome, but more like a, a drive and a, a desire to create something great that people will love. Um, and I think a little bit of maybe not fear, but like you're really invested in the work that you're doing. So you mm -hmm. want to do a really good job, like drives through that and helps you like, to your point, be more curious, really pay attention to all the details and like be really invested in, in bringing something beautiful to life. Speaking of beautiful things, we need to talk about Highlands Liquor. Oh, Highlands Liquor. What a beautiful place. Um, they're our sponsor for the podcast, and they actually have two pretty awesome things going on right now. They have a wine club, and honestly, it's red wine season for me, so this is something I'm going to look into. Uh, you can basically sign up for a monthly subscription, and they'll send you a box of wine. Uh, you can choose the number of different wines you get in the box. They also have advent calendars with craft beer. Pretty awesome. Also perfect for this time of year. What better than to have an awesome craft beer to drink at the end of each day? <laughs> For the beginning, we don't judge. For <laughs> the beginning. Um, yeah, so check them out. They're awesome and they treat us really well. Highlands Liquor. And they are very good at what they do. <laughs> yeah, we're stocked. <laughs> Jackie, well, I hope that we didn't spill too, too many secrets over this last half an hour. And I hope Tyler and Adam uh, don't realize that they've completely screwed up by hiring two total frauds. <laughs> as digital content managers. Hopefully our secrets will be safe um, for the next little while. But this has been, I think actually a really interesting experience in and of itself. Um, I said to Adam, I wanted to make a podcast with Jackie and I said, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Um, but we did it and we did it scared and- We sure did. We'll wait to see what everybody else says about whether or not it's good. But uh, if nothing else, this has been fun. Definitely a like real life test run of facing imposter syndrome and recording this, but it's been good. 100%. Well, 
I don't know how you end a podcast. So thanks for joining me. And um, hopefully we'll have the business boys back for the next episode of Ask Adverb. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone.